Hello and welcome to The Masked Cricketer, a cricketer Q&A podcast based on the live show that took place over the lockdown of 2020. In this episode, Woodsy and K-Dog are joined by Lindsay Smith and chat about her journey to the England team, starting all the way back in Oxfordshire. Woodsy tries to find out if he's Lindsay's favourite coach and K-Dog wants to know if he has finally found a kindred spirit in his view of the 100. Today's podcast and the live show are all about raising awareness and funds for the Lord Taverners charity. Right, we better get on with it. Woodsy, get asking those questions. No, we'll get some questions going um, for you, um, Lindsay. Uh, I'm going to ask, um, first of all, your favourite spin bowler, as you're now a spin bowler. So who's your favourite spin bowler? Um, favourite spin bowler? Um, it probably growing up has to be uh, always like watching Shane Warne, obviously, as much as he's an Aussie. Um, just his skills are unbelievable, really. Um, also like watching Ashley Giles a fair bit. Good. Okay, because of the left arm combination there for, for Ashley Giles. Um, yeah. Now, just tell me, actually, Lindsay, your transformation, because you were a seamer um, back in the under-17 uh, under days. Um, what what happened there and, and how did that come about, really? Um, it must have been about five years ago now, four or five years ago, because um, predominantly growing up, I bowled seam, left arm seam, um, but I ended up missing quite a few games in my season through, um, which as a young kid, you don't really want to be missing out um, and in pain. So um, I, sh- I suffered a lot with shin splints um, and then as a result was missing quite a lot of cricket and I kind of wasn't enjoying it and was in a bit of a rough place and I thought I either give up or just try something completely different and get some matches under my belt and see how it goes. Thankfully, it's been all right. But, um, well, um, was that your decision, Lindsay, or, or were you guided by by anybody in particular? No, that was that was entirely my choice, really. I spoke to my coaches about it um, and they thought it was a good idea. I'd kind of just been dropped from the England under-19 kind of setup that I was in. Um, and I kind of just saw a completely new opportunity, really, which um, decided to take with coach's advice. Brilliant. OK. Um, that's, that's, that's really good to hear. Um, and I think it's really good to hear a player actually making those decisions because there might be people watching, you know, players watching, thinking along the same lines and thinking, can they do it? Should they take that step? So, you know, that's sort of emphasising to, to them that, yeah, you know, it can happen and, and good things came off the back of that as well for you. So um, definitely worth thinking about it if anybody out there is in the same situation, maybe struggling with injury or, or whatever. So really good advice there. Um, Kieran, is there any other questions coming in for Lindsay? Um, I've got a look at them. I've got a couple of questions, actually, Lindsay. So obviously you played Premier League cricket for Aston Rowan um, as, a, as a youngster, as a young girl. What, what did that feel like in, in, in terms of you were up against, uh, obviously, uh, a lot of um, seriously good, um, some ex-pros and uh, and some really good cricketers. And, and uh, for Oxfordshire, you kind of bucked a bit of a trend, didn't you? There, there weren't many female cricketers that were playing, certainly at that level. Um, first of all, were you 
were you sort of comfortable at that level? Were you welcomed by the sides? And, and, and how did opposition sort of treat you? Did they did they uh, treat you the same and, and try and smack you out of the ground? Or or did they soon realise that actually you're a pretty handy cricketer and treat you with the respect you deserve? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, I say kind of because I went into it quite young. Um, I've, I'd always kind of grown up at Aston Road with playing in the boys' teams. Um, there was a, a small girl set up there, but um, I kind of, my brother played, my dad coached, so I kind of threw myself in amongst and I thought, you know, if, if they think I'm good enough, then then why not just get involved in it? Um, and that kind of carried on all the way through. Um, I played third team, second team, um, and the club, it, it's kind of like a family feel. It, it didn't really seem like I was the only girl there. It was kind of every, every man for themselves, really, and good enough then the team support you, the team back you, and they don't really see it as any different, to be honest. We had quite a lot of banter. It was, it, I was kind of just like one of the lads, which was quite nice. Um, in terms of the opposition, um, I definitely weren't shy of letting them know that I was a girl and that they didn't want to get out to me. So they might have um, helped me get a few wickets along the way. <laughs> um, but in terms of, was there any differences, kind of fame opposition, I'd say... Not not really, not massively, no. Um, they just kind of played me as another player, which was, you know, it's anything you really want. And especially to small girls growing up now in men's cricket, it's, it's brilliant. Like, it shouldn't be seen as you're a girl, are you good enough, or should she be playing? It's, you know, if if you're in the 11, you're in the 11, you're good enough. So if you're if you're good enough to be there, then you you earn your place like anybody else, and uh, and then your stats and, and and your performances speak for themselves, really, don't they? I think I'd probably add at this point, Lizzie. I'm pretty confident that you're at that time you were the first female to play in the home county Premier League. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, somebody on here may may tell me differently, but um, certainly uh, I, I believe that was the case. So really, really good. Um, you know, achievement, even that on its own, I think, um, was brilliant. Um, just perhaps go on a little bit. Um, I was thinking, you know, you, your representative honours, could you tell us a little bit about your representative honours and, and, and where, how that happened and, and how that's progressed over the period of time? Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously, uh, grew up playing all my cricket at Oxfordshire and then I kind of had to make the decision um, as to how I wanted to go with cricket and if it's something I really wanted to pursue. Um, so in that kind of made the decision that um, I wanted to be playing Division 1 women's cricket. So I chose to move to Berkshire um, to play against international players at that time and kind of challenge myself a bit further. Um from then, obviously, we had the Kia Super League, which kind of started to build its own and was a new competition for the girls. Um, I didn't actually get picked for that, um, which which was quite tough to take um, in the first year. And then in the second year, I was kind of around one of the teams, the Southern Vipers, um, through my Berkshire, through my Berkshire coach, and um, they they picked up some injuries and they needed someone to come in, so. They drafted me in um, for just for one game. Um, thankfully, I did quite well in it, so they kept me on for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, so that was kind of when I 
made a bit of a statement on the kind of pathway, I guess. Um, I'd played a bit of England under 15s development stuff type things, but uh, yeah, I guess Kia Super League was kind of the making, I guess, which I'm thankful for. And then from then on, um, been in it ever since, been at a few different teams, uh, but got picked from some good seasons into the England Academy. And then in 2018, I got picked uh, for my first England tour. So that was that was good. Am I right in saying that was the West Indies, Lindsay? Was that the West Indies tour? First one? Yeah, yeah. That was the West Indies, uh, the T20 World Cup. Brilliant. And and just, just tell us a little bit about, you know, what happened. You know, playing in a World Cup is a tremendous experience for any cricketer. Could you just sort of give us a, a glimpse of what that was like for you and um, how you prepared yourself for the games that you played in? Yeah, I mean, it was it was an absolute whirlwind, to be honest. I kind of got picked into that squad not having been around the England girls or been contracted and um, doing that as my job. I'd just come straight from the KSL. Uh, and there were me and two other girls which got picked um, for our debut tours for that. So it's quite nice to have two other girls who I'm quite close with um, to, to kind of share the experience with. And um, we said throughout the whole World Cup tour, you know, it, it went on for a month and you, you kind of didn't until we actually got home and had Christmas at home a, a few weeks later. It was just like looking back, what's actually just happened? Like, because it just went so quickly. It was unbelievable. Um, we went out there, we had a couple of weeks prep and then the competition literally goes by in an absolute flash. Um, obviously, the group games are pretty close together. You don't really do much training in and around them. Um, and then before, you know, we were at the semi-final and the final and um, it just went so quickly. And But yeah, it was an unbelievable experience and something that I will never forget, especially being my first England tour, being a World Cup. Uh, pretty special. I don't know if you want to add anything, Kieran, to, to pick up on anything Lindsay said. I guess, yeah, Lindsay. So obviously, you got into um, into that squad um, off the back of of the England women's team doing so well before, you know, winning the World Cup uh, in England with that memorable day at Lords. Uh, I, I remember me and Daryl were travelling home from a game of cricket, and uh, we we were absolutely engrossed by it, but. You got into the into the squad after that, and obviously you you were immediately sort of elevated uh, in, in amongst players that I guess would have been sort of idols of yours, some of them. And how how do, how do you sort of go about sort of suddenly being propelled into a team where some of your idols, people that you've watched yourself on television, are, are basically your teammates? Yeah, um, it was a bit crazy to be honest because the first thing we had to do was. Um, we had our well we got told obviously a, a few days a few weeks beforehand um and then we had to keep it quiet which, which is quite a challenge um our first kind of press duty type thing was to go uh we had media announcement day at lords um so me and the two other girls from loughborough we we got the train and we would and then when we were sat on the train it got announced on uh twitter and the press and where and it was like oh god like this is happening now this is this is real and we get to Lords and we kind of get sat down for our first briefing and it's you're going to go live on 
BBC and Sky Sports and it's just like, well, what, me? Um, are you sure you've got the right person type thing? Um, it's just quite crazy. It's, it's nothing really that you trained for or um, prepare for, I guess. Um, but absolutely loved it. Like all the girls there were there as well. So the whole squad was there and it was quite nice to kind of do it all together. And obviously they support you. So yeah, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> Fantastic. We've had a couple of questions come in, Daryl, while, while Liz has been talking. And I think that these two questions kind of complement each other, really. So I'll, I'll ask both of them together. Um, so uh, Richard Giles uh, has basically said, I mean, you're, you're obviously still very young, 25 years old. You've got you know, a lot of cricket ahead of you. So Richard's asking, what ambitions do you have and how, and how will you achieve that? Which is a, a tough question, I suppose. Uh, and Leslie, I think that's a relation of Daryl, possibly. I don't know, I may be wrong. Leslie Woods, it is. He's nodding his head. So she said, she said, where do you see yourself in five years' time? So it's kind of a, a similar question. So what's your ambition? How will you achieve it? And where do you see yourself in five years? So, yeah, still 20, young, 25, um, quite new to the set up of being an England player really um only been contracted for two years now so um yeah still got a lot to kind of learn develop um I recently just got on the last world cup to Australia um which was pretty tough to take obviously no one ever likes being left out but um ambitions are definitely to get back in that team and kind of in five years time hopefully cemented more of a solid position um or played a lot more matches um, and just, yeah, just keep enjoying it really. That's the main thing. Um, I kind of lost myself a little bit. I kind of had a high of getting straight into the team and, you know, being on cloud nine straight into a World Cup to kind of, oh, you've not been picked for the next one. Losing a bit of confidence and kind of, it's good to have those reality checks, I guess. It kind of keeps you level-headed and, you know, when this is the career that we have is so selection based and you know you're gonna have highs and lows it's kind of how you deal with them and how you kind of get back from those so yeah definitely try and look to get back in the teams for one would be a good start um and yeah kind of cement more of a solid position did did they look after you well in, in once they've given you that um information did did they look after you well did they make sure that everything was okay with you? Difficult question, I know, but... Yeah, yeah. There was kind of... A, there was quite a lot of conversations had, actually, to be fair. Um, they they kind of... Well, it was tricky for us because we kind of just lost the coach. Um, we didn't have a coach as such. Um, and it was a really interesting time for us. But the people who kind of took charge at that point said, you know, you, you're not going to be considered for the World Cup team, um, how do you approach things? And they kind of came back to me and said, we've had an opportunity for you, well, for a player to, to go to Australia and to, to play a season out there um, and kind of develop just playing matches and who knows if there's an injury, then you're out there ready at where we are for the World Cup. So um, for me, I kind of sat down thought about it a lot and figured out what do I want to do and I thought there's no better opportunity for me back in the team than by playing cricket like I don't want to be stuck um training in the indoor school indoor school or winter um 
for me, I think it's better just to get out there, be in Australia where the World Cup is and just see what I can do. Um, so they supported me with that and um, chose to go to Australia. And uh, unfortunately, got back a few a month or so ago into lockdown. <laughs> Very difficult. I, I did ask, I noticed he's on, on tonight, Ben Charlesworth. Hi, hiya, Ben. I hope you're well. Um, I, I asked him last week if we'd actually got an international cricketer on. I think this week we have definitely got an international cricketer on. So unlucky, Ben. We've gone one stage further there. Um, I asked the question of whether um, was a cap awarded to you um, as you made your debut? What do they do it slightly different in the women's game, or was it the same? Yeah, so they. Um, I didn't really know any of this. I kind of thought, oh, um, when you have a debut, you get a cap and that's it. But um, no, there's quite a lot actually, which kind of, it makes you quite scared on the day. Um, so obviously they they say you're going to get presented your cap. You don't know who's presenting it. Um, you get into the team huddle before the warm-up um, and that's when the cap presentation happens. They invite your family down, which is, is really nice. Um, and it was good because there were three of us actually who, who got capped on the same day. So it was quite nice to share it with them. Um, so you kind of do that stuff on the pitch, but then after the game, um, uh, your, your family get invited in the dressing room um, and then of head of England cricket, Claire Connor, I don't know if you know her, uh, yeah. she came in and she kind of presented us all with um, a silk baggy type cap um, that you get to keep, which is, is very nice. Um, and then one that gets um, passed down. So so the person who had it last will then pass it on to the next mutant, whoever that might be. Um, and then everyone's family gets involved in that as well, which is quite nice. It's very special moment yeah yeah i can imagine absolutely real real proud moment um for sure it's nice that they do, do do it i must admit i think it's it's brilliant and it's all part of it now i've been watching the test um uh, about the australian team and and nathan lyon crying when he's giving um travis head his his cap it was quite emotional it's it good to watch um I, i'd just lighten the mood a little bit because i mentioned tears there um Superpower. I always ask this, Lindsay. What superpower would you have? If, if, if what would you want as a superpower? Do you think? Um, I reckon it could be transportation anywhere. <laughs> Just fly somewhere. Click your fingers and you're wherever you want to be. That's quite handy. Transport. Yeah, quite like that. Uh, Kieran, did you pick up anything on there that you want to add or, or ask a question, Lindsay? There. Um, yeah, Lindsay, obviously you, you came through um, the, the Oxfordshire ranks um, and I mentioned this to Ben last week as well. Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, it's fair to say that it gives you a really good grounding, doesn't it? I, mean, I, 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 I suggest you probably have a lot of coaches over the years. Is it a case of listening to the, the, the advice that suits you rather than sort of focusing on one thing only sort of as you as you move up through the age groups? Sorry, I didn't quite catch that one. It's it's to do with coaches that you've had in all the systems you've been in. Have you just taken little bits from each one, or has there been you know a favourite coach, if you like, or somebody who's inspired you? Is that you asking? Is it you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always asking that of everybody. Actually, nobody said yes so far. So 
If I'm completely honest, I wouldn't really say I've ever had like a standout favourite coach. Um, I think every coach I've worked with has kind of brought different aspects to my game, which has always been good. Um, I worked a lot when I was younger with um, with yourself and with uh, Wesley Morick, um, who had a big influence on my cricket. Um, and then kind of I went to Loughborough University um, for four years and heavy cricket program there. Worked with Sally Ann Briggs, um, who's now coaching in Australia. Um, and then the past year I've worked with um, Danny Hazel, the ex-international spin bowler. So um, she's kind of a big influence for why I moved to that team uh, to work with her um, just to develop my game further, really, because she's she's been a great she's got a great record for international spin bowling so yeah kind of gonna look forward to working with her a lot in the future great stuff yeah good good grounding again there just to give us a bit of an idea whilst you're in lockdown Lindsay, what's your you know fitness nutrition and any thing you might need to be doing to get yourself ready if the season starts when they say it's going to it's definitely a kind of tricky time for us because um i got back from australia about a month ago now um and we got given a couple of weeks downtime completely away from cricket and stuff um and then we were due to be back training in loughborough because we for our kind of work um we have three day camps in loughborough every week um so they were meant to stop a few weeks ago and obviously with that that's not a possible kind of thing to be doing um we're pretty much concentrating on as much as we can to kind of get fit and be prepared for any kind of season that there might be um a lot of kind of gyms the gyms aren't over but we've been sent kind of stuff to do at home um some equipment at home so we're kind of doing that quite a fair bit and then obviously the the physical stuff like the running um, and then kind of last few weeks we've in like integrated uh, some fielding sessions quite quite basic obviously you can't go <laughs> running around the streets with a cricket ball launched everywhere um, but um, kind of move, more movement skills we're working on so that uh, when we do get back to training uh, that our bodies are ready kind of it's hard to kind of do the thing in the bowling the drills that we're set and the sessions that we're set kind of trying to get us uh, physically ready for when and who knows when it might be but if the season does come around then we're kind of ready and firing because obviously we're meant to be training for a season now and if, if we can get any sort of season then we want to be ready for that just um just to add that to that Lindsay, um you would have made your um <laughs> debut as everybody else would have been in the hundred um, just remind us which team that would have been in, um, and um, you know what were your plans for that? Were you looking? Were you excited about that format? Um, I think I got you most of that probably about the hundred. Um, I was going to be based at the team more than Superchargers. Um, was I for it? I mean, initially when I'd heard of the plans, like a lot of the people players and people were a bit kind of what's this about you know we're we're losing t20 here um 
which is a format that everyone really loves and we kind of especially for the female female um, side of cricket uh our kiasu league that had been up and running for three or four years kind of was just starting to find its feet on its own away from the men's kind of comp um so everyone was a bit sketchy i guess at start um but like look at ev everyone was kind of looking forward to it it was a new thing it was exciting we played a few trial matches albeit very confusing um <laughs> But the more we played it, the more excited I got for it. And it was a new kind of opportunity for everyone. Um, it was going to bring in a lot of new fans, we hoped. Obviously, for the women's side, it was a big pay packet, as bad as it sounds. It was kind of, for us, it was a big opportunity for our game to kind of rebrand itself alongside the men completely and have these hubs and teams where, you know, we're, we're joint with the men and it's equal and... Um, it, was a, it was a really exciting opportunity and a, a lot of players were excited for it, um, which they still are. Obviously, it wasn't going to go ahead this year. It's probably the right thing because when it, is, when it does start, they want it to be on, it, on its best kind of best case scenario. And um, I know players are still very much looking forward to it next year. No, good stuff. Kieran, you might want to come in on that on the 100 as you're a little bit sceptical of, of how that's going to work. So um, any thoughts for, for Lindsay on, on, on the 100? <laughs> He's got to be careful what he says here. <laughs> um, no, Lindsay, I mean, I, I was with you. I mean, I, I, I was somebody that didn't initially buy into 2020 when it started. I, I was quite a traditionalist I'm not that old but I, I feel old at times and I must confess that when T20 began back in I think the year 2001 2000 I was thinking exactly that um it's sort of common knowledge that a lot of people still don't like the idea of the new format but I, I guess for somebody like yourself and I, I, you've actually just made a really important point it is you know, it is your living I suppose like, I guess for somebody like yourself it, it, it's really important that it gets off the ground next year Lindsay, it was quite interesting. Um, we did a little prep, and and you, you told me that you were on a, a sort of rookie contract um, with England. Can you just explain that to the viewers what that actually means? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I can try. It's a bit, <laughs> bit, bit um, tricky. Um, so a rookie contract's kind of new the environment. Um, kind of not completely earned your full contract yet um it's kind of the steps before you get your fund, um if you full contract um they run in six month blocks uh so you're you are reviewed every six months as to whether they keep you on or they move you to a full contract or they let you go completely um so yeah that's kind of what it is. We kind of do the same training. Um, we're involved in the squad as any full contract co contracted player is. We, you know, we all meet up three days a week in Loughborough, as I said, um, every week for our training. And it's pretty much just, yeah, like your job. You're just kind of trying to keep pushing and earn the right to kind of solid solidify your place a bit more. And, and with the um, Sussex connection, uh, Lindsay, is... is do you train with the Sussex um, setup as well, or is that just infrequent, or is it quite a lot? 
Um, so with Sussex, there's not really a massive amount of training we do as such, really. Um, the past few years, especially being involved um, in the England programme and um, I, live in, I live in Loughborough, so I'm kind of based there for the most of my time now. So um, in terms of getting down to Sussex to train every weekend is, is not really something I, I've been doing as such. Um, obviously, the local girls in Sussex, they get together as a squad and train uh, with the youngsters as well. Um, kind of, and the, the rest of the internationals, it's kind of our weekends are kind of the rest time that we get. Um, obviously, Sussex agree that, you know, we're, we're still training, we're still working hard. Um, not always face to face with the Sussex team, um, but when it comes to the season, then uh, yeah, matches every Sunday, which which we all play. When you're allowed to play in those, you, you're released from the England setup to play in those. Yeah. 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 Cool. Kieran, have you got any other questions you uh, would like to ask Lindsay at this moment in time? Um, so, Lindsay. Um, I'd just like to know uh, who who the toughest opponent is that you have played. Who who's the toughest opponent on the cricket field? That can be that can be internationally or or club cricket. Sure, um, that's a good question. Very good question. Um, I'd say there's been a lot of kind of talent international wise that have come through uh, in our kids Super League. So not much, not so much like playing international England against Australia or whatever but um, having the overseas come over there's been some pretty tough ones to play against I know um, never really enjoyed bowling at Susie Bates <laughs> knowing that she can hit you 360 um, Sophie Devine she can, she can clear the buildings <laughs> um, and then probably England wise toughest to bowl at probably when she's absolutely firing is Danny Wyatt she can yeah hit you all over the park just just on that, um, Lindsay, your sort of plan, if, if you're coming across a Susie Bates, you're coming in to bowl to Susie, and, you know, what, what have you got your plan set in your mind of how you're going to bowl to that individual? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of a lot of work we do um, is kind of plans, and we have a lot of meetings with bowlers and with the captain, and looking at stats, looking, there's a lot of homework that goes into it all actually, um, that we kind of, you know, as well, when I've played, um, well, when I play T20 cricket, I tend to bowl the first two and the last two of a match. So I'll, I'll be bowling and power playing and death. So there's quite a lot of um, toughness that comes on that, I guess. And it go very wrong at times and go well, which is kind of what I enjoy doing. But um, especially kind of looking, Bowling in the power play kind of stuff, you're definitely looking at the fields that you want for each batter and where they're going to look to kind of go, especially with only two out. It's, um, yeah, there's a lot of work goes into it. And then obviously it's just on next on the day, being flexible. Who's your bestie in the England team, Lindsay? Who's your best friend? <laughs> who's, who's your room? room? My best friend in the England team? Uh, probably got to be Sophie Eccleston. We get home pretty well. Um, saying that my landlady's Anya, so um, <laughs> we get on very well. Got to keep her on the side. Yeah, you need to. You would need to. I should be on your ear, wouldn't you? <laughs> Brilliant. Like it. Um, uh, we had a question come through from the legend that is Neil Magson, Daryl. 
Um, so I'll run this one. Uh, we've sort of touched on this earlier, Lindsay, but um, Megas wants to know two things. You, you might not know the answer to one of them. Uh, how many of your England teammates have played senior men's cricket? Uh, and moving on from that, was it beneficial for you in your development to play in the Premier League? Yeah, it's great questions, actually, both very good questions. Um, in terms of how many of the international girls now have played men's cricket, I think quite a majority, if not all the girls, definitely when they were growing up, played alongside boys. They were kind of, I guess, at our age, the, the majority of the age of the girls that's in the set, it was kind of the time where women's teams were just forming, um, so they weren't as strong as they are like nowadays. Um, so yeah, most of the girls definitely played boys. I think a few, I'd say five or six maybe played actual men's cricket and a lot of them do still when they get the opportunity um, still play that men's cricket. Um, and in terms of did it develop me and did it develop most of the girls, I'd say for any girls out there, if, if you're good enough and if the opportunity is there for you to play men's cricket or with the boys, I'd say absolutely go for it, like throw yourself into it, um, have no fear. Kind of, if, if the coach think you're good enough, if your teammates think you're good enough, then definitely that's something you should do. And it just makes you stronger and stronger and it won't always be enjoyable or nice and you might feel a little bit lonely. But as I said, the teammates that I had, they were welcoming and, you know, they, they like knowing they sometimes like having a girl on the team just to kind of get in the other batsman's ear saying, you know, don't get up to a girl and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'd say definitely glad I played men's cricket and would recommend it to anyone. Um, Darren, I'm just going to, um, I know he's not watching, but I'm just going to embarrass Michael Beard a bit here because uh, a long, long time ago, I think it was probably 10 years ago, Michael Beard was, was playing for us and uh, he came up against a really good cricketer in Fee Morris. Uh, and B. Morris got Michael out, and, uh, and what you've just said there is is spot on. I mean, it, it was almost, it sounds really strange, it was almost the pressure for him getting out to Fee uh, made him almost play a bad shot to get out, but actually getting out to Fee was a was not any way a disgrace, because Fee, in her, in her own right, was a really good cricketer, uh, and it's just something that I always remember to this day, and I'm sure Daryl does as well. So, I think Lindsay, you've done as Ben has and as uh, and as Fee has in the past. You've done Oxfordshire really proud, actually. Um, I think a lot of Oxfordshire people that, that love their cricket are really proud to see how many of our up and coming players have actually gone on uh, to form a career. And, and you're just another one of this sort of success story. And I think that. Uh, I mean, I know certainly from my perspective, whenever I'm watching a cricket match on, on Sky, I always look to see if there's players that have come through come through from our ranks, essentially. And uh, yeah, from, from me, and I think a lot of other people would, would say this, that you've done yourself proud and you've done Oxfordshire really proud. I don't want to figure too much, but no, you have. You've done, you've done the county proud. And uh, I think that Daryl would, would probably um, reiterate that. Oh, absolutely. Seeing you at the um, Oxfordshire Sports Awards um, a year or two ago, uh, Lindsay, when uh, one of our teams were up for an award and you were there as, as an individual. 
um, it was really good to see how far you'd come from from those days of being a I'm going to say a snotty nosed teenager, but I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> it's a, a 13 to 15 year old, uh, uh, quite stroppy at times. Knew what you wanted to do, um, and it was it was always good fun um, coaching you. I have to say, and yeah, I've always been proud to see people go on and, and do those sort of things. So um, you know, fair play to you, and uh, and congratulations. And I think we add to that as we're coming close to the end of the broadcast that you know we wish you all the best for the future and that you know all those aspirations and dreams come true make sure you you put in that hard work in that you've mentioned uh, and we'll be watching that progress with interest and and i think because you've had the knockback i think that will only make you stronger going forward do you do you think that yourself yeah, I think definitely. Um, for me, it was kind of my first knockback in international cricket. I've kind of, as I said, um, gone from being a KSA to straight into the England team and got my first tour and not really had, like most girls, I guess, they kind of, who have been around for quite a while, they kind of, they've been on tours, they've not been on tours, they've found it a fair bit. Um, but for me, it was something completely new where I'd kind of gone straight to the top and then wait no we're not picking um we don't think you're good enough at this moment in time and it it kind of for me hit home I was like this, this is what I'm in now this is professional sport this is this is what it's made of um it's not always going to be you're on cloud nine realistically in a selection dependent sport you're not always going to be number one and um for me that's quite hard i see myself as quite a perfectionist um and that was a lesson that i had to kind of accept and learn and work on that things aren't always going to be perfect and you're not always going to going to be like a in bowl every ball how you want to bowl it where you want to bowl it and get picked on every single tour and that kind of stuff um so yeah, it was definitely something that kind of made and think, you know, this is what I like and is this something I want to do? Is this something I want to be a part of? And absolutely, like, it, it makes you more hungry, to be honest. And and if I do get a team, I, I know that I take it for granted how I did on my first tour of being, this is an amazing dream, um, to actually, you know, for it if you really want it. Absolutely. I mean, we always say, don't we, Kieran, to to people you know sometimes they don't get through to an assessment process and you say you know prove us wrong you know show what you can do go away work hard come back uh, and and get back into the setup i mean that's what we're always crying out for people to do it's, it's difficult when it's not back of course it is but that's that's what we're, we're we're wanting them to do if they possibly can um kieran anything to add on that yeah, no, I was I was going to say, Daryl, that that actually that shows the strength of character of somebody to actually see how they respond to setbacks. I mean, people that maybe haven't got the strength of character that you've got, Lindsay, would would potentially respond to it by saying, as I could confess myself, to sort of almost give up and sort of say, well, I'm not going to be good enough. But but you and and others like you that we that we know that we've spoken to, they they have that a different mindset don't they to, to say as Daryl just said that I'll prove you wrong and I'll fight hard for my place and I guess at the at the level you're at 
you know you need to fight hard for your place, but but that sort of drives you on. I think we're coming to 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 the end of the broadcast in any case. Um, I think for us to say, uh, Lindsay, thank you very much for being our third masked cricketer. Uh, it was very kind of you to donate your time um, to us this evening. Um, it's been educational, and hopefully that has inspired one or two, not only females but um, some youngsters as well, to to progress in their game. Is there anything you want to add? Um, to anybody to inspire them during lockdown, Lindsay? Anything you'd like to add? Um, that's going to put me on the spot there. <laughs> um, I'd say just make sure actually that you're, you, you're actually looking after yourself. Um, I think it's easy in lockdown to kind of dwell on things and, and it's a tough situation kind of no one's been in this before and, and I think one thing that as um, the thing that we speak about together is kind of accepting that it's going to be you're going to have a bad day you're going to wake up and you're not going to be in a good place mentally or physically or whatever um, being okay with that um, I think that's not spoken about as much as it probably should be because I, I woke up last week and I had a horrible running session to do and when you train by yourself it's not always easy it's not fun but um being okay that it is going to be tough and, you know, take another session off, get on with it, and they'll be as well. And I think it's just speaking about it, admitting that you're, you're struggling, you might be struggling a little bit and might need some support. Um, but, yeah, just looking after yourself, really. Brilliant. Lindsay, a couple of nice comments from people um, just for you personally, um, basically saying, well done, Lindsay, keep up the hard work, uh, your inspiration to others. Um, and as I said myself, we're, we're all very proud of you. So uh, thank you for giving up your time. You. Really good evening. Thank you. You have been listening to The Masked Cricketer. Today's hosts were Woodsy and K-Dog. Theme music was Swing House by RKVC. It was thrown together by Daryl Woods and Kieran Bushnell. Special thanks go to today's Masked Cricketer, Lindsay Smith. If you would like to make a donation to the Lord's Taverners charity, please head to justgiving.com forward slash the hyphen mast hyphen cricketer. Follow us on Twitter at Mast Cricketer. And if you wish to watch live, head over to YouTube, search for the Mast Cricketer and hit that follow button. See you next time. <laughs>